Finally, a wrestling podcast that doesn't cover just show reviews and news updates. Tired of the same old, same old? Well, lucky you, because this is the Unexpected Wrestling Podcast. With your hosts, Dustin and Chriselle, hitting you hard with the entertaining content that you want. Power rankings. Power rankings. Awards. Awards. Rants. Rants. And highlights. It's all here for your enjoyment, but let's not waste any more time. It's time for the main event of your day. Yo, what's going on, Unexpected Fam? I'm Dustin. And I'm Chriselle. And we are back, 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 back to our regular scheduled Sunday upload schedule. And you know what that means. It's time for the awards of the week. We got awards, we got power rankings, the classics. Yeah, like we bringing y'all the only the hits, only the hits, like Hit Row. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm And then, excited. of course, one not bang, non-banger. Well, which yeah. Is the worst, worst match. Well, no, we got L's and of then, the week, too. And we yeah. got WWE L's. Yeah, so, you know, well, once again, we're glad to bring you guys another episode. We're happy that you guys are along with us once again. If you haven't already, as we always say, make sure you follow, subscribe, leave a review. It'll keep you updated with what's going on with the podcast. And make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter as well. I'm ready to get rolling into this, Chriselle. We're not even a minute in, and I'm ready to roll. Are you? I'm ready. I'm okay. ready. So, I know... If you've listened to our recent episodes or our past episodes, we normally start on a high note with the best match of the week because, you know, we want the feel-good vibes on this podcast. But nah, we're bringing some negativity in here today. There's a lot of negativity. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to start with some negativity. So to kick off our awards, we're going to do the WWE L of the Week. And undoubtedly, me and Chriselle had our, you know, pre-recording meeting and everything. We chatted and we were on the same page. We're not even going to argue about it. Let's talk about this tournament. Hold on. I just have to let people know how upset I am because is it Dustin's week's a host? Absolutely. No, you can you can you can take it. But I was driving up here and I was like, I, I just started thinking about this, like, you know, what we're gonna talk about. And I'm just thinking about this like tournament. I was just getting so angry. I came in here ready to argue with Dustin, be like, we need to talk about this L first. But Dustin's like, no, no, that's already what the plan was. I was like, Oh, all right, then let's let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, look, she came Can't in record. She came in red hot and I'm like I was going to do that anyway. <laughs> like, we're good. No, like, no. We agree. <laughs> yeah, like, we're good. Let's talk about this, L. It's the Queen's Crown Tournament. Okay. I'm going to start off level-headed, but you're going to hear me get pissed. This tournament is a mess to begin with. They don't release brackets until uh, literally SmackDown starts. How do you have a tournament and you don't release what your brackets are? That's the fun of a tournament, first of all. Anticipation. The anticipation of, oh, man, who's going to be going up against each other? Oh, man, this match should be really good against this match. Then I have another gripe personally. And, Chriselle, I'm going to give you the floor for your gripes as well. But I have another gripe. You only have eight competitors in total. I personally would have liked, a let's just say, a 16-person tournament. You have the competitors for it. You have the TV time for it. You just decide that you only want to do eight total competitors in two weeks. That's not a lot of fun, personally, for me. I would have liked a longer tournament. And then specifically about this Queen's Crown tournament. What are we doing? I think I saw somewhere that the total time of the two Queen's Crown matches on SmackDown this week were in total about four to five minutes in total. Roman Reigns' entrance was longer than these matches combined. 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 
And I love me some Roman. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows I love me some Roman Reigns. I think he's fantastic. And as someone that has been there multiple times to see his entrance live, like, yeah, it's very exciting to see him walk in. And, like, no matter how many times I see him walk in in person or on TV, do I get excited? Yeah. And there's, like, full body chills. But sometimes something's got to go. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, you build up this tournament. There's no prestige to it now. How am I, as a fan, supposed to care about this tournament when you, as a company, are taking these women and saying, hey, you got two minutes. Go do something with it. That's not exciting as a fan. I can't be asked to care if you as a company don't even care to be like, hey, we're going to give these women time. You have a two-hour program. Roman Reigns' entrance is 10 minutes of that. <laughs> like, like, Do you hear what I'm saying, though? Like, it could all be cut down. Like, And I'm not even saying cut anything from the storyline that you're doing. I'm not even saying cut down storylines. But Roman Reigns doesn't need an eight-minute entrance. Look at it like this. When SmackDown started this week, you had Bianca, Sasha, and Becky already in the ring. You didn't even need to do their entrances. You maximized your time. Why can't you do that with something else so that your Queen's Crown tournament can get the love and respect that it deserves? I don't care. And it's your first one ever. And I already, as a fan, don't care. Because you as a company don't care. I have a lot more to say, but I'm, I'm going to let you go real quick. Go ahead. It's one thing when they do something on, for their show and it's rushed. and But it's another mm. thing when you can feel that it's rushed. You didn't have the brackets out right. Like, you didn't have them out until right before, which is it's whack. Until the show started. The way that you waited until the show started, whack. whack. The way the way the women aren't even getting time, whack. <laughs> so besides the poor planning and lack of time that the females are getting, this is supposed to be the first ever Queen's Crown tournament. And what are you doing with it? Nothing. There's only eight competitors. And all these matches, whack. Like, okay, they had potential. At the beginning, I was like, okay, this is fine. But then as of the way things are going right now, I don't care anymore. I'm... Are we getting into the winners of the matches? Because I'll go ahead, go ahead. No, you know, just go ahead. Say what you got to say. We'll we'll work with it. Go ahead. Moral story, whack. I'll put a slight pin in it, but the results are what make me upset. And at this point, we're fifty percent of the way for the queen's crown, and it's whack. I don't care anymore. I have who I want to win. I had at least two people at the beginning of who I wanted to win, and now it's like I don't care anymore at all. And then with the men, um, sir, there's a lot of people, sir, ma'am, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people that know a lot of backstory with these with these winners, and somebody can't go to Saudi Arabia. So now we know they're going to lose. Sami Zayn can't even go to Saudi Arabia. Why did you have him win? And I understand it's kind of cool, like the conspiracy gimmick. Oh, you know, he's winning matches in the tournament, the conspiracy, this, that, and the other. I think that's really fun, but he can't even go. <laughs> he, can't even, he can't even participate in the final round. Why is Sammy, Why is Sammy winning matches if he can't even, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can tell it's rushed. Xavier Woods, who this torn now we're transitioning to the King of the Ring instead of the Queen's Crown, but we're going to get back to the Queen's Crown. But Xavier Woods, who has said multiple times, this tournament means everything to him. Thank you, God, he's even in it. Because with this company, that's a risk. Thank you that he's even in it. But he didn't find out until SmackDown was on the air. He found out at the same time as the common viewer. How do you have someone who's competing in the tournament not find out until the common viewer finds out? I'm not that surprised because they change things right before people go all behind the I curtain. I get that, but that's so frustrating. It's last minute. And that screams, this is last minute, we don't care. And if you don't care, why do I care? No, I absolutely hear you. The only interesting thing that's coming from these tournaments is right now, if Kofi wins, which I would hope that Kofi wins uh, in his bracket. He better win, yeah. Then 
I would also hope that Xavier wins. Yeah, Kofi Xavier. The only thing that's like, oh, you're gonna have Kofi and Xavier go against each other. That's like, oh, they said they would never do that. That's you know? that's fun though. I feel like they're gonna do it justice in terms of like, it's not gonna be I, I hate you, I hate you. It's gonna be like, a, hey, bro, I'm trying to win. Hey, bro, I'm trying to win. All right, let's beat the mess out of each other for 15 minutes. You know, I think that'll be kind of fun. You know, two bros throwing hands. Like, I think bros being bros. I actually think that'll be the best match of the tournament if they don't do Xavier and Kofi dirty. I think that'll actually be the best match of the as tournament. As long as that part of the, the bracket doesn't turn out how the women's has gone. Yeah. And I've held it enough. I have to start talking about the Queen's crown. Go for it. Go about for it. the winners. Take it. How is it that Liv Morgan is the fan favorite right now? Fan favorite. Everyone's waiting for the push. Oh, you bring the Queen's crown tournament into the thing, mm-hmm. into the conversation. And then she loses her match immediately. Doesn't get to move on. One minute, 30 seconds. Quick match. Squat. Not squash. Sorry. It's a, it's a squash, uh, it's bro. A kind of, it's a squash. If you lose it in under two minutes, it's a squash. And it's just so disrespectful to live. You can't keep teasing this almost push. Have a whole new tournament, a possibility of who we get. Queen Morgan. But then, nah, just kidding. Just kidding. You've been you've been hot, but you're going to lose. And and I think that's where my biggest gripe comes in, where, like, I'm pissed off about the timing of it. They didn't give the women matches. Um, excuse me. They gave the women matches. They didn't give them time. They, it was last minute. You only have eight women. Like, all of that. But then you look at the winners, and I don't think I'm as mad about Carmella and Zelina Vega winning as much as I am about Liv Morgan and Tony Storm losing. Because you take Tony Storm, who's who was who was a call up from NXT. You haven't done jack crap with her, and now how am I supposed to care about her because she lost to Zelina Vega, who couldn't beat anybody for months? I, I, that's how I feel. I think I'm mad that Zelina won only because she has been on a losing streak, there and was, that's what I'm saying. There was no reason for her to win, and now we get Zelina versus Carmella. No one, no cares. one, no one wants to see Zelina versus Carmella. All due respect to the Zelina and Carmella fans out there, and all due respect to them two women. They're great professional wrestlers. They do stuff. Yeah, it's that not I, against them. Yeah, they do stuff that I couldn't dream of doing. I'm not arguing that at all. And it's nothing on their character. Exactly. It's just how things have been booked. Exactly. But yeah, when you look at the booking, you book two women that I could not care less about, and I'm being honest. That's me being fair, really. Like when you have the tease of it could have been Tony Storm versus Liv Morgan, I, I would have been I'm tuning so in. much more excited for that. I'm tuning in because genuinely, like I would want Liv Morgan to win. I, I like Liv Morgan, but if Tony Storm won that match, I'd be like, okay, they're pushing something a little bit new, something a little bit different, something a little bit fresh. It's either, I'm fine with that. It's either Tony Storm gets her her chance to you know be queen, dull for a new wrestler. I think that's cool. Or Liv Morgan finally gets gets her official push, which is also awesome. Also, Liv has been teasing. Using like this Chucky inspired uh, ring gear on Twitter that I'll be like, oh, as a queen, that you know, spooky season with a crown. You just there's so many things you could have done that, with this, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, even if you don't have these women win, because on the other side of the bracket you got Shayna Baszler, and Baszler was actually my like, I had Liv Morgan at one, and then I had Baszler at one A personally because I would like to see Baszler when she's on a mean streak right now. She's looking like a really cool person. Like she's looking really great. You know, even if you had Liv lose the Baszler at the end or Tony Storm lose the Baszler or whatever you do with it. So far, they've really taken all interest and intrigue of this tournament away. And like I said, I can't be asked to care as a fan about this Queen's Crown tournament. Now you look at the men. I'm going to throw it to the King of the Ring right now, just really quick. You look at the men. You had Sami Zayn versus Rey Mysterio, whatever. Sami Zayn won. Cool. Whatever. Then you had Finn Balor versus Cesaro. A great match, a great match worthy of a tournament. I think that's that's mm-hmm, what that's mm-hmm, what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Like that's now, you're talking about a tournament works. match. You're talking about a tournament, a match you don't really get to see often or even ever. You know, you're getting a fresh matchup with two guys that can really go in the ring. That's what I want to see. Why couldn't you do this with 16 people 
And I'm just sitting there like, oh, man, I can't wait for that Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor match. Or, oh, man, I can't wait for that Jay Uso versus Cesaro match. Or things mm-hmm. along that line. You know what I'm saying? But now we got an eight-man tournament that's clearly going to be rushed. I can't be asked to care. Xavier was better win. I'm leaving it at that. But the I'm going to end, end it here because I know we got other stuff to cover. But is there anything else you want to say? With the women's stuff, at this point, we'll know soon who wins. But if Baszler doesn't if it's win, not Baszler, it's, if it's, not it's Baszler. a big middle finger to all the women in the industry right now. It doesn't make any sense, the booking. I'm not one to be like, oh, this is horrible. Oh, rem-. No, just put it. Make it happen. This is the only person that's left in the tournament that anybody would care to see as a queen. If not, you have something that's going to end up being the same caliber as King Corbin, where in a few months, no one's going to care. And oh, they still have the crown. No one even noticed. So please, please do this right. You know, I can actually see them giving it to Carmella off the month. Like I can genuinely see it. And I and to all the people out there who may be listening to this and maybe in your head, like, oh, a few weeks ago, y'all were banging the table for Zelina Vega to get a match at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, it's different booking situations. Yes. Like it's not it's not apples to apples. It's apples to oranges. Like they're different booking situations. Zelina shouldn't have won her match. Carmella shouldn't have won her match. Even if you have them win the matches, give the women seven to eight minutes at least. <laughs> get us excited. Get the people going. I'm asking for 10 minutes with a commercial break in there. You can do that for me, can't you? That's what I'm saying. WWL, are we saying the Queen's Crown tournament or are we saying everything in general? I think I'm fine just saying the Queen's Crown. Yeah, let's just, let's just focus on that one. We're going to focus on the women here. I'm sorry, ladies. I hate to include y'all in the L, but it's not at y'all directly. It's with the company. It's, it's WWE's yeah, L. It's, it's not, not the women. It's not at Liv and Carmella and Zelina, but guys. This is terrible. Whew, we got that negativity out. I'm going to get some positivity in here. The power of positivity. Let's hit the power of positivity. Let's get the best match of the week. I, I think that this week, you know, it was a weaker week for matches for me personally. I don't think there was the, like, necessary banger of a match as, like, maybe some other weeks. But we still had some really good matches that if I was like, hey, go check out this match, I think people would be excited about. So our two matches that we have for nominees are... Finn Balor versus Cesaro in the King of the Ring tournament, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. from Friday night that we both said was great. And then we got Big E and Drew versus the Dirty Dogs on Monday Night Raw. A fun tag team match with some big meaty men throwing some other... With some storyline. Yeah, some men with a little bit of storyline. Long storyline telling. It, it's the, you know, can they coexist type of thing. We're putting the competitors on a tag team. But it's Big E and Drew McIntyre, two baby faces. I think it's pretty fun. So, Chriselle... We got those two nominees. Which one are you leaning towards right now? I feel that the Drew McIntyre and Big E tag team match was really interesting. And I'd almost want to give it to them off the, on the sheer fact that I wasn't expecting it to be this good. I saw the Dirty Dogs come out. And I was like, oh, man, not these guys. But then, then they did the quick background of, hey, you guys were both my tag team partners at one point. Just yeah. say thank you. The just back, say thank The backstory was fun. And I was the like, oh, was okay. And then it was just these dudes saying, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I don't want to do that. And then proceeded to the match. And I was like, oh, I haven't had a match that I've seen in a while where I'm excited about with the Dirty Dogs. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is this is all playing together very well. And it was, it was so entertaining all due respect to i know like i'm not a fan of the dirty dogs i'm gonna give a little bit of respect to ziggler and robert rude they're great in ring i'm not gonna take that away from them at all and i don't like them because of their character and that's like the whole thing like yeah. i love to make fun of them and yeah. so i and i would miss them if they weren't around i yeah. love to make fun like, of their character they're fantastic professional wrestlers like in the ring like there's very few that are better than them they're fantastic it, it's a toss-up for me on this one i don't feel very strong towards either one because i kind of feel like they're kind of even playing fields here 
Because you take something like Finn Balor versus Cesaro, I'm not going to say they faced off or not in the past. I don't remember if they have. However, when you look at it, you have two of, I think, the best technical wrestlers in the world, in my opinion. I think Finn Balor's up there with some of the best, and I think Cesaro's up there with some of the best. And they didn't have 20 minutes to go at it. But, you know, the 10 minutes that they did get, it was very fun. It was very exciting. And it had stakes to it. You know, it's for advancement in a tournament. I think that makes it exciting. They had two commercial breaks. It was a long match. It was a long match. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. Like, I think if I had to choose, I'd go Finn Balor versus Cesaro off of the fact that both matches were kind of on an even playing field for me. But there were more stakes with the Finn Balor versus Cesaro match where I'm like, they were actually competing for something. If Big E and Drew McIntyre lose, yeah, it's stupid. Don't get me wrong. But in the grand scheme of things, does it matter at all? No. Finn Balor versus Cesaro was very much like, you either win or you're done in the tournament, which makes it a little bit fun. Before I wasn't, you know, sold on anything, but I think I'm out of the entertainment factor. I think I'm more siding with the Big E and Drew McIntyre versus the Dirty Dogs. But it's your week, so you can do whatever you want. But that's the one I'm riding hard for, just for the entertainment, because it had the background and it had, and like, I know it didn't have any stakes. There's very few times that I'm excited about something that doesn't have stakes. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm so like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is fun Mm -hmm. as I was with that match. And I feel like because that doesn't happen often, I really want to get into that. Okay. So, you know, it is my week, but you convinced me because you brought up the word fun. Fun. Yeah. Um, I had more fun watching the Big E and Drew McIntyre versus the Dirty Dogs match than I had Finn and Cesaro. But I think Finn and Cesaro was a slightly better match with the stakes added. But in the interest of fun, let's give it to Biggie and Drew versus the Dirty Dogs. I think, Heck yeah. I think that's fair. It, I had fun watching, like you said. Everything they incorporated, it made it very fun for me. And especially to be in the middle of a three-hour Monday Night Raw, I think it was actually slotted perfectly in the card, too, where, like, they had – it was fun. Like, I enjoyed – I enjoyed myself watching it a little bit more. So our best match of the week – goes to Biggie and Drew McIntyre versus the Dirty Dogs. Woo-woo! Now, that was the best. Now, let's look at the worst. We're bringing it back down with a little bit of negativity, but we promise we're going to have some more positivity up in here later. It's the ups and downs. Yeah, the ups and downs, peaks and valleys, guys. But worst match of the week, we have three nominees, and it feels like every time we do this, it's women's matches, and I hate that. I really hate that. Yeah. But it's the way that it happens. So, our three... Nominees for this week would be Shayna Baszler versus Dana Brooke on Monday Night Raw. And then your two Queen's Crown matches, Liv versus Carmella and, oh, goodness gracious, Zelina Vega versus Tony Storm. I, I I could give it to any of these three. I don't feel strongly towards any of the three. I hated them all, I'm being honest. So what you got for me? I know I'm hosting this week, but I'm throwing it to you a lot right now. Because we already talked about the Queen's Crown and we talked about how very much this booking isn't Liv Morgan's, Zelina Vega's, or Carmella's fault. I don't want to penalize them for that. But do you penalize Baszler and Dana Brooke? That one was just boring. I, like, for the few seconds that the other women were on, I was entertained. I w- And it was one of those things that I wish went longer because they were entertaining, and I don't think they were going to be bad matches. However, that's not how I feel about the Baszler, the Baszler match. And it wasn't against Baszler. It's not against, like, Dana Brooke. Maybe it's a little good. I think it was a Dana Brooke that kind of, like, brought the match a little bit down. But I didn't care for that one. Well, so I, I look at it like this, right? I disliked all these matches. So I'm going to rank them like this in terms of best to worst <laughs> out of these three. Who do I like in the matches? Shayna Baszler has been a killer lately. That and she got to do with the matches. At the end of the day, she dominated Dana Brooke, which is something I want to see as a fan. I don't want to see Shayna Baszler having a 15-minute classic with Dana Brooke because she shouldn't be doing that. So 
I'm eliminating Shayna Baszler versus Dana Brooke. At least you have to look at it like this. Shayna Baszler versus Dana Brooke did what it was supposed to do. It was a dominating squash match for Shayna Baszler. It did what it was supposed to do. So was it a bad match? Yes. But did it accomplish its goal? Yes. You look at the two Queens crown tournaments. We've talked to about them in depth. I'd be fine putting both of them there. <laughs> If I'm being honest, Baszler's at a point where she doesn't need random squash matches. She can have a match against someone that's already a little bit established and be like, oh, you know, that was that was good. She's not a new person. She can just they're reestablishing there, though. She was with Nia Jack. If you understand, like Shayna Baszler, when she first came out of NXT, she was a killer. She had a 400 plus day reign as NXT exactly. Women's Champion. But then they put her with Nia Jack and that killer instinct of Shayna Baszler eradicated. So what they're doing, it's the same thing they're doing with Keith Lee right now and even Karrion Cross to an extent. They're trying to reestablish them. Should they have had to do it in the first place? No, it's their fault. Baszler getting squash matches over someone who's useless. In the terms of like, <laughs> I, I know that sounds mean. In terms of like the booking of WWE, like she has no credibility. So like Baszler getting a squash match over her is cool. And then Baszler's going to go on to kick everyone's butt in the Queen of the Ring Queen's Crown Tournament, whatever. I don't think Baszler versus Dana Brooke deserves to be there because right, Baszler's well, on a take, kill streak. If you're taking that one out the equation, I long, no longer care who wins. <laughs> okay, so we're going to give a double victory. Woo! Worst match goes to the Queen's Crown matches because I don't think, oh, both one, of them? I don't think one was worse than the other, if I'm being honest. Do you? No. Okay, so look, we got double champions, girl. Dang, that sucks. Don't talk to me. I'm upset. <laughs> I get on. it. Let's move on to the next one. I I'm get upset. it. All right, okay. so worst match goes to all of the Queen's Crown tournament matches from last night. Please don't watch them if you're a fan of anyone. Waste of your time. And we're going to transition back to a high point, though, because we agree on this one. So no need to get angry or anything. Best dressed. I'm still so upset. But yes, best dressed. For best dressed, we only have one nominee. So by default, she's the winner. Miss Bianca Belair. Shocker. No. She was looking fire all week. Like, I mean, she was looking great all week. I can't even, I can't even front. Like, on Monday night, I'll talk about her Monday night outfit, I guess. And then Chriselle can go into Friday night, what she wore last night. Monday night, she had a, like, red, I don't know, was it a pantsuit with a crop top type vibe going on? I don't know what you it would just, necessarily it, it call just, it. It was just red pants and a crop top. Oh, that it, proves how much I know about fashion. I mean, they're not together. So. I knew that. But All no, right. Bianca, <laughs> that proves how much I know. But Bianca Belair looked great on Monday. She had, like Chriselle says, like some red pants. She had the red crop top on with her heels, and then she had the red lipstick. You know, repping Monday Night Raw, which will be her new show that she'll be on starting October 22nd after Crown Jewel and everything. Bianca came in and said, I own red. Yeah, she red said. Red is my color. She said, I go here now. And then it was funny that like, she was talking to Charlotte. She was like, you don't even go here. Like, so I thought that was really cool. But Bianca looked great on Monday night. And then on Friday, she had this leather one-piece pants. That would be more of like a pantsuit type thing because it's connected. It oh, connected so if it's connected, by, it's a pantsuit. It could be like a pantsuit. Like yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. confusing. No, it's okay. not. But, um, but no, and then it was like it was leather. And then she had like this crisscross going on in her thigh. And she just looked good. She just looked ready. It's ready just to take the smoke from both. Sasha and Becky and you know when you when you look good on both nights and you're like keeping up with the it's I'm, not even close. I'm drip she wins but like speaking of drip the person that you know is supposed to be drip Rollins I don't know what he was wearing on Friday what he, was he he wearing? was wearing two different like it was like black and white but he was wearing like zebra but also like a mirage-ish looking pattern 
that I was just like, what, what are you doing, bro? Yeah, it's supposed to be the confused. drip. What are you doing? Yeah, his dripping, his drip ain't been dripping lately. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very now it's supposed upset. to be a joke. I feel. I feel like now it's just. Yeah, a joke. He, I like, mean, he's a parody of himself, which I think is funny. He's like, extent. what's the wildest thing I can wear that makes yeah. no sense? Mm, this makes no sense. I think this is gonna confuse people. Yeah, slap it on. I'll give him this though. Like, like I, I was telling you the other day, like he's a meme of himself at this point. But I think it's funny and it works because it has that like I know this isn't a Seth Rollins segment, but like it has that mix of like he 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 I'm evil. I will kill you, but, but also, like, I'm a joke at the same time. Like you said, a comic book type villain type thing. Way to take my line. That was my line. I, that's what you I said. But I like, said, like you but said. Like I wanted to say it. Okay, go ahead and say it then. No. The pod is open. It's fine. We have nothing but dead air. You're fine. This is fine. Is your is your it's your hosting week? It's fine. I'm I'm just a co-host. It's fine. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> but back to Bianca Belair. Okay, so I do want to ask you though, which outfit did you prefer? I I like both of them personally. I preferred the red one, but the Monday Night Raw outfit. But I like them both. I think the red one had more of a pop, and I was like, "Wow!" It did. It did. Um, but I was like, "Wow!" On that Friday night drip, I was like, "Oh wow, this is nice. This is very nice." But if you had to pick one though, like which one are you like Bianca wear that again? Which one would you tell her to wear again? That's hard because I feel like if I look at the red one too long, it's a little bit simple. Like the red looks really good on her and it's mm-hmm. a really good fit and everything going on. It was really nice. But I think the black one was like sexier and like more fitting mm-hmm. to her body. Mm-hmm. And I think because it was leather, it's not as a simple pattern, even though there is no pattern, but it has a texture to it. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. No, that's fair. And I think that, you know, Bianca always comes looking good in her outfits no matter what she's wearing she always hits i i don't think she's ever had a miss where i've been like "Ooh, girl what you doing baby <laughs> like and each time i tell myself oh she made that so then it just adds an extra razzle dazzle yeah she's gonna win a lot of these dressed awards she's already won a few i think so yeah she's only getting better i did want to ask you because we have a little bit of time here and i did want to ask about in terms of the dress category because bianca was our only nominee how are you feeling overall about the becky with the fur coats thing Cause I see divisive opinions on the fur coats that Becky be doing. Oh, I really like the green one. The green, really puffy, fuzzy uh-huh. one. That one I really like it, and I like you know. Right now, there is no segments where Seth Rollins and Becky are interacting. Yeah, but that's like a kind of Baby, like yeah, 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 yeah. The same thing. It's like I, <laughs> I'm I wearing this. It's like I'm in on it. I get it. Right, I get, I get right. what you're doing. I get what you're doing. I see where it's from. Also, I think. I think it was last week or maybe it was on Monday. It's been so long, but she did like, I know you said you didn't like it, but she mm-hmm. had like this like little white part on her like lips. It was a darker lipstick. I don't I know if I hated would it. Ugh. Ugh. You're, ugh. No, I get it. I mean, Hey, different strokes for different folks. Like I understand, but yeah, I wanted to ask about the Becky thing because you know, her whole personality, it is what it is. Like you can have your opinion on it, but I know like the drip has been a little controversial with her because pe- some people have said like, she's trying to be Seth, R- the Seth Rollins of the women's division. And then some people are like, she's going for a Conor McGregor vibe. And then some people are like, it's too much. Some people are like, oh, I love it. So like, I just wanted to see where you were at with the No, drip, I, I, the think, I, think it, I think it's fine. I okay. think it's completely fine. No, that's fair. So our winner for this week, we kind of went on a Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch like mini tangents here. But our best dress definitely goes to Bianca Belair. She looked fantastic this week. Congratulations, Bianca. Pop, 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 pop. We over here at the Unexpected Family love you. So if you ever try and get interviewed, you know. <laughs> that's like a, that's a star booking. That hey, man, is, like what? That is... Take that interview run. I'm happy with my life. I never have to make another episode again. Yeah, y'all would y'all probably wouldn't hear from me. That'd be the last episode. End on a high note. But Bianca Belair gets a W. Let's move on to the last award of the day. The unexpected award. Our award. It feels like forever since we've done an unexpected award. So long. You take a week off of like not doing these awards, and it's like, man, it feels like forever. But we're here with the unexpected awards. And we have three nominees for you guys this week that I, I think I don't know where I'm going yet, 
So we have who won the Queen's Crown matches. You know, Liv, not Liv Morgan, I'm sorry, but Zelina Vega and Carmella winning. We had the Raw roster post-draft as a nominee. So, like, how I feel like the Raw roster is very stacked. And then we had Edge and Seth Rollins being inside of Hell in a Cell and the Hell in a Cell concept being used correctly. So, Crystal, out of those three, which one or two maybe even are you feeling? I, I, I can't decide right now. I only have a rebuttal for one of them. I'm not okay. surprised that Seth Rollins and Edge are going Hell in a Cell. I am surprised because it's not the pay-per-view itself. Like, for two seconds, I was like, oh, are they, like, going to start advertising for the Hell in a Cell? I was like, wait, that already Hell in a Cell next year. That, I was like, that already <laughs> happened. So that doesn't make any sense. But, like, I think it was just surprising that they chose Hell in a Cell in that manner, but I could definitely see them having that kind of banger match in a Hell in a Cell. So, like, it was, I wasn't, what the heck, I wasn't upset, or I wasn't super excited. I was just kind of, I'm fine. I'm ready for them to, you know, have a match again, but it wasn't, mm. wow. Well, that's my thing, though. That's why I think it lands in the Unexpected Awards category, because I'm not surprised that they're having a match inside of Hell in a Cell. I'm surprised that they're having a match inside of Hell in a Cell, and it's not at the pay-per-view, like you said. Because, since the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view came around, that's the only time they do them. And the problem people have is like, oh, you're, Hell in a Cell was a concept that is like, these two people can't stand each other. Lock them inside of this structure. And then it just devolved into, dang, we need a couple matches for the pay-per-view. Let's just do it now. So like those blood feuds, that hatred for Hell in a Cell matches kind of went away. So like this is a feud that is definitely deserving of it. Edge with his neck and everything, the family stuff incorporated, you know, they're tied 1-1. Normally, I'm like, yo, by the third match, I'm tired of seeing it personally. But these guys, I could see maybe four or five of these things. The way that the feud is gone, I think it's the best feud in WWE as of recent, personally. So that's why it lands in the unexpected category for me. Because it definitely is deserving of Hell in a Cell. But Hell in a Cell hasn't been used correctly in so long. That is surprising that, hey, they're finally doing it right, in my opinion. But I know, I, I don't know. It, it's hard to say because then I look at the other two and I'm like, who won the Queen's Crown match? We've talked about the Queen's Crown stuff a lot. I'm fine eliminating that personally. I know we have a lot on our plate right now, but you brought up a good point that like they have such a great feud right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have yeah, to yeah. ask you, who has a better feud right now? Like, who's like the better build? Naomi versus Sonya. Brock Lesnar versus uh, Roman Reigns or Edge and Rollins. Do you still are you still going with Edge and Rollins? All three of them have been really good. I'm going Edge and Rollins, but I'm gonna be honest. Sonya versus Naomi is at number two because they haven't even touched, and they have me interested as in as crap in a match. I mean, I would love to see a 15, 20 minute Tear match. Tear them apart. Like they haven't even touched, and I'm like, yo, I could really get with this match. I think Edge and Seth Rollins, though, is at number one because it has the buildup of the last two matches. And then also, they haven't missed. <laughs> they ain't, Them boys ain't missed, and they ain't going to miss inside Hell in a Cell. I promise you that. It's only going to make it better, I think. So, yeah, and then, you know, Edge and uh, – not Edge and Brock, but uh, Roman and Brock. Ooh, Edge and Brock. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. I think, of, booking? I think of matches for Edge, and I'm like, oh, man, that would be really good. But Roman and Brock, I think that it's been really good, especially because they're doing it right with the Paul Heyman thing incorporating the Paul Heyman aspect has been really smart. That's how you should do it. But it's not better than those two. I think that, I don't know. It's hard to say. That's a good question. But I'd go, 
are we uh, where are we going with this award? I think they're all great. They're all great. Okay, unexpected, unexpected. Back to back to regular schedule programming. Yeah. Um so you which one are you rooting you rooting I'm, for that? Okay, one so one? I I'm let's go with what I'm fine getting rid of. I'm fine getting rid of who won the Queen's Crown matches because we've gone in depth about these tournaments so far. They don't need another award. They already got the worst and they got the L already. I was I wasn't expecting the winners to be who they were, however, I'm fine throwing that out. Are you fine with that? Uh, the only thing I'll say about that is I'm just actually super shocked that Liv Morgan didn't at least win the first match. Like when I say I was upset, like I was full on angry girl. It's like Ugh! when they like, counted to three, I was like, oh, oh wait, that doesn't make any sense. Like truly shocked. Yeah, exactly. But all right, let's throw it out. So uh. we we come down to the last two. So you got Hell in the Cell with Edge and Rollins, and then you got the Raw roster post draft. We haven't talked about that much we kind of touched on it in our recent episode about the draft and everything but the raw roster post draft really surprised me because you look at it and monday night raw has needed an infusion of a lot of talent but i mean i think we talked about it they got stacked man they got stacked you pick you pick up edge you pick up finn balor rollins you you get seth rollins you already keep aj styles you keep randy orton you keep matt riddle you keep big e i mean your main event talent alone is ridiculous and then you throw over to the women's division you pick up becky lynch you pick up bianca belair you pick up a girl like Liv morgan i mean you're stacked and my you pick up the street profits for your tag team division you lost a new day but you get the street profits in return is that much of a loss Eh, nick it's going from like an a plus to an a you know like so the raw roster post draft has been really surprising for me as well yeah, I was. I'm very surprised. I didn't see it going that way. I'm really excited because I want Raw to have, you know, Raw's the one that has more time, so there's, exactly. there's way more th- things they can do with that. I just, I'm scared that SmackDown won't be as great of a product because there isn't as much like competitors for Roman. The main event talent. But, the main event talent. And like the thing with where the talent is with SmackDown, if Roman isn't performing as much because he doesn't have, like, you know, they have to like spread out his his opponents, mm-hmm. then I feel like it can easily decline unless WWE. E is choosing right now to start building their talent, which they've, they've been flopping on lately. You know, they've been holding on so strong to the people that carry them through the pandemic, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But even at then, not all of them has gotten their moment to shine. So if they're like, okay, let's hit the reset button. Let's get some people. Let's, let's start boosting these people. SmackDown is where to do it. I understand that. And I definitely agree. However, the argument that I would make to that is who are you elevating? Because you have a guy like Cesaro who already got his push against Roman Reigns. They're not going to run that back. You take Hit Row. They are nowhere near, none of the three men in that group are anywhere near ready to start fighting Roman Reigns. You take Sheamus. I mean, you can do a Roman versus Sheamus feud, but I'm not that interested. You have Jeff Hardy. You could get a match out of that, maybe. Who's left? Who's left on the men's side? You could do a, you could throw Kofi in there. You know, Kofi's a reliable worker. But he just got murdered by Bobby Lashley. I'm really not interested to see him get murdered by Roman Reigns. As I'm well. not. I'm not talking build them enough to fight Roman. Well, where I, are you putting I'm, them then? I'm saying like they can have their own individual things that aren't related to Roman on SmackDown that would be entertaining. Like Rick Boogs and Nakamura, that was interesting on SmackDown. Had nothing to do with definitely. Him. And then the Intercontinental like champion, nothing to do with Roman. But that I was interesting. Like you know, there there needs to be other entertaining things. I don't. I didn't enjoy Apollo as a champion. Maybe someone else can come in and be a better champion. That and then there's another level of like, wow, this is exciting. It doesn't have to be the heavyweight champion, universal, whatever. I agree. I think that your other divisions. I think there's times where the Intercontinental title or the tag team titles should main event pay per views. If you build them up enough, why can't they main event pay per views? If you you know, take the time and put the dedication in, which is something that I hope that they do on SmackDown. 
But like I said, like my problem is you don't have competitors for your top title because after Roman's done with Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre, I'm not watching four matches of Roman and Drew. I can't do it. Like, even though I love them both, after the first or even second match, it's like, okay, Drew just keeps losing. Who cares at this point? So that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no Raw is stacked. Like, because you take somebody, you could have moved AJ Styles over. I would have loved a Roman versus AJ Styles feud. You could have ran back Finn Balor. I don't think anybody would have been pissed at it. You leave Edge alone, I guess, but you could have ran Roman versus Seth at any time. You know, so that's where I'm like, I think that Raw just got overly stacked in the draft, but it's up for debate. So when we bring it down to these two nominees, this is a really hard category. Which one are you leaning? I'm more surprised by the Raw stuff than I am with this Edge and Seth. It's your, it's your week. It's your week. I just really don't think that was all that unexpected. Personal. Okay. Um, mm, you know what? Raw, Raw being stacked. Dang, bro, I should have just hosted anyways. No, it's, <laughs> you know, no, because it, it's like I look at it and I'm like, wow, like what's really going on? And, you know, Hell on the Cell being used correctly, it's surprising. But the way that they overly stacked Raw is even more surprising to me. So the unexpected award of the week goes to the Raw roster post-draft. Congratulations, Monday Night Raw. You get a good award, I guess, in this case? Yeah, oh my gosh, this is Raw's first good award. Yeah, clap, hand clap for that, hand clap for that. So just quick rundown. Right, quick rundown of our awards, just recapping. We had the best match of the week, Big E and Drew versus the Dirty Dogs. Worst match goes to all of the Queen's crown matches. The best dressed of the week goes to Miss Bianca Belair for her Monday and Friday outfit. Good job, Bianca. The L of the week goes to the Queen's Crown Tournament in general. You know, goes being... to WWE. Yes, the WWE of... L. I'm sorry. Yes, they're, they're basically their booking of the tournament. And then finally, the unexpected award of the week goes to the Raw roster post draft. We got through it. You know, that was. We haven't done awards in a while. That felt pretty good to do. Um, I like that. I'm glad like, talking about I the like shows that. on a weekly basis and stuff. That felt good. But the last part of the show. Top six, top six, top six. Top six, top six, top six. We Time for the power rankings. Number six. Give it to me. Number six. We got Drew McIntyre. Welcome to the roster. Yeah, Drew's in the to roster. The yeah, I'm about to say, the roster. The right? roster. It's, it's our roster. <laughs> yeah, he's in. He's at top six. Like, well, he's at number six. Why is he at number six? He's at number six because even though he hasn't been like hot on Raw, we're excited that he's moving down to SmackDown, and he got the, the win with the tag team against the Dirty Dogs. He has like a low key fire brewing around him. It's like we know that he's not going to be doing anything on Raw, but we know that. He's destined for good things on SmackDown. Like he, he it's coming. It's coming. He'll I get hope. into it. He'll get into a few good feuds. He'll get into a few good feuds, I think. Number five, Miss Shayna Baszler. Welcome. Welcome, Miss Shayna Baszler. Look, like I said earlier, Shayna's been on a kill streak lately. And I know I'm personally loving it. I think Shayna Baszler is one of the baddest women on the roster. I think she can really go in the ring. I think she's awesome. Keep breaking limbs, Shayna. You've earned your spot on this roster. Keep picking up wins. Hopefully you win the Queen's Crown Tournament. You're the only one I want to see win. Make her strong. There you go. Number four, we got Charlotte Flair. No change. No change. First no change of the list. No change. She technically won, but technically didn't win because it was a disqualification this week. Other than that, hasn't done much, but we got a lot of like underlying feud going with Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and Bianca Belair. So, you know, she's not moving up or down. Yeah. So we move on to number three, Mr. Damian Priest. Mr. Priest went out there this week and beat Jeff Hardy 
in a rematch, whatever, you know, you can have your gripes about it. But at the end of the day, he won. So and it was one of their better matches. Yeah, it was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. You know, it's just the fact that it was a rematch. But Damian Priest goes out there and gets another win this week. And he doesn't move once again. He was at three last week. He stays at three once again. Can't really justify him moving up higher, but he's close. Maybe one more solid weekend. I can see him moving up at least one spot. Mm -hmm. But number two. We got Roman Reigns. He didn't do much this week, he, you know, but he's still hot. He's still the head of the table. But, you know, still having this great um, back and forth with Paul Heyman regarding Brock Lesnar. So, you know, he doesn't move down, obviously. And nothing's crazy has happened. But he's, he's, he's chilling at number two. Roman Reigns at number two. And number one, we didn't discuss it because we didn't, you know, talk about it on the pod. But we had a new number one last week. And... He's back at the number one spot again this week. Man, Big E. Big E, man. He's defended his title successfully over the last few weeks. He gets a tag team victory this week. So when we were looking at the rankings, we're like, hey, Big E's already at number one. And then he won a tag team match this week. Roman didn't do anything. We can't be like Big E drops off of a win and Roman was up for doing nothing. There, there's nothing that happened. No. Yeah, you can't do that. So will Roman get back his number one spot? More than likely at some point. But right now, Big E is top of the mountain king of the world on our rankings so top six recap drew mcintyre welcome to the list at number six Shayna baszler number five welcome to the list charlotte flair stays at four damian priest stays at number three roman reigns stays at number two and biggie stays at number one so the top four remains unchanged but some new faces at five and six we'll see what happens this week hopefully some people get some wins i'd like to see drew and Shayna move up the list personally you know so we'll have to see what happens but that's our top six Top six, top six. Top six, top six, top six. But that wraps up another podcast. Another successful podcast. Another day, another episode. We're glad to bring it to you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Another day that is a great time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, wrestling's really hot right now, guys. So make sure you tune in on Wednesday. We got some fun stuff for you guys on Wednesday that we're going to talk about with you guys. We're back to our regular schedule programming for now. But Chriselle... It might be AEW-related. Ooh, so to the AEW fans, you're going to hear us talk about it for, well, not the first time, but, you know. We'll, specifically. Specifically. We're going to throw some stuff in there for you guys. So we hope that you enjoyed the episode. We're back to regular schedule programming for now, but we're going to keep giving you guys exciting, new, and different content. So if you haven't already, make sure you get some Q&A questions in, and we'll see you next week. And keep showing love on social media, those DMs where you're like, oh, you know, great product, love your page. Or just, you know, you want to talk wrestling with us? We love it. It's what keeps us going when we're tired. And it's like, you know what? Do we really want a podcast? Oh, wait. So-and-so on the internet says they love us. We have to do it for them. Exactly. So keep it coming. Exactly. Please keep showing love. We love you guys. And we'll catch you at the next show. Peace out. Keep it cool. You've been listening to the Unexpected Wrestling Podcast with Dustin and Chris Sell. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. Leave a review. It better be positive. And keep up with the podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Catch you at the next show.